Well, good evening. And um, so excited about the subject that we're going to be talking tonight. Although I'm not so sure it's going to be any an exciting subject for everyone. Uh, maybe not so much uh, for me in the beginning, just because of the nature uh, of the the topic. But um, I think it's a, a an absolute uh, important uh, topic for all of us, and especially as it is one of City Life Church's core values. So um, if you're all wondering uh, and you haven't seen it already listed, then uh, we are talking tonight about humility and walking in humility. So I just want to uh, first give you a couple of um, uh, explanations about what uh, humility actually is. First of all, if you're if you're talking about a religious context, then it's defined as someone who is unselved. In other words, not thinking about themselves, and um, it is a liberation of the consciousness of oneself. So, in other words, you're thinking about others. And what does it mean to walk in humility? Well, in essence, in summary, even though we're gonna unpack this uh, a bit more, it's about not being a doormat uh, and allowing others to walk all over you, but it is an understanding that every human is equally valuable. It's also uh, a recognition that you are worth no more or no less than anyone else. So, you know, I think when we think about it in a, a, a context of, in essence, what are we saying about humility? It is that, you know, we may be uh, higher up in different things that we do. We may have different titles in, uh, also things that we do, but nevertheless, as human beings, we are still equally valuable, regardless of what's going on around you, regardless of what's happening uh, with you. You have equal value as a human. Now, uh, to be honest with you, uh, I think that humility has really gotten sort of a bad reputation over the years because uh, many people have taken it to be the same as having low self-esteem and that's not really anything to do with what humility is about it's not i know even um we when we think about sometimes uh humility we think about those who don't have anything or those who might be living in poverty this, this is not really anything to do with uh, humility. Well, let's look at an example of Moses. Moses was a very humble man. If you look in the scripture in Numbers 12, verses three, it actually says he was more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. Um, but, but there is a key thing if you have studied and know much about Moses, he certainly did not lack in assertiveness and 
having to stand up to people. So he stood up to Pharaoh. And, um, you know, we know if you studied the story and if you haven't gotten a chance to study the story, then please do go back and read and you will see how many times he had to go back and challenge uh, Pharaoh. So um, he also had to deal with the very rebellious Israelites. And um, I would say that even according to the scripture, that probably was one of the toughest jobs in history was the 40 years that he had to dwell in uh, the wilderness and roaming around with the uh, Israelites. So um, Moses is actually the clear evidence that God's definition of humility is very different than what the world would have us believe that it is. But Moses was also absolutely certain that God was an all-powerful creator and ruler of the universe, and he understood in some sort of uh, inexplicable way how much value and infinite importance his life was. So what does this really say? Well, it's a paradox between nothing and everything is the beginning of humility. And, and there are certainly lots and lots of scriptures that talk about humility. And I'm going to be sharing just a few of my favorite ones that uh, I really love, but also some that I just want to expand on just uh, a bit. Now, first of all, uh, before I do that, let's talk about as city life. Uh, what is for us uh, humility and um, what does it mean when we say as a core value, which you can find on our website, uh, about walking in humility? Well, first of all, we believe that it is a key ingredient for any church that longs to walk in a sustainable revival culture. So, in other words, if we truly want to have revival, then humility has to be one of the key ingredients uh, for us or for any church if they want to see things happen. It's also reminding yourself that humility is the opposite of pride, the opposite of arrogance and ego. But it does not mean, again, that you're thinking less of yourself uh, but rather thinking of ourselves less. Hmm. I'll say that again. It does not mean we think less of ourselves, but it does mean that we think of ourselves less. So it's a meekness that agrees and aligns with the truth of God's word, acknowledging that God is the ultimate authority in our life. Now, um, I won't read the whole thing, but I just want to describe to you that the real evidence of humility can be found in the willingness that we have to serve God and others. Jesus, who is obviously the king of the universe, did not come to the world to demand that we serve him, but he wants us to serve him willingly. So as followers of Christ, we are called to follow Christ's example. And in the church, everyone has a part to play in serving God, serving others, and serving in 
the vision. And, um, and, and we don't, we really shouldn't have to be waited, we shouldn't have to wait for someone to ask us uh, to serve. We simply should just be able to see a need, focus on the fact that, you know, we need to help do something, and then just take the initiative and let's go out and meet that need, no matter how big or small it may be. Uh, I love the fact that, you know, even this past week in our life group, and uh, we've been discussing ways that when God says, send me, and, you know, Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah said, here am I, Lord, send me. Uh, the question was posed to us by one of uh, our life group members when she was teaching us is that, what is that one challenge each day that I can go out and do something to serve God as he lays that upon my heart and as he sends me? So I think this is so very important that we are here to serve. And, you know, we have a favorite saying, which is also listed in our core value, that we are spiritual contributors, not spiritual consumers. We're not here just to take it all in and then never give anything back. We are here to give out, give back to others. So um, if, if the church is the home to us all, and we are all a part of this, then we all, all A-L-L, have to do our part to serve and reach out and help others. Even in society today, the churches are reaching out and doing more than ever, but it's going to take lots and lots of people to begin to change the way that they feel or look on things and begin to see that there are others more important uh, than for themselves. And also, you know, even when you go to church, so uh, obviously right now you are in church, uh, you are in a virtual church, uh, you're not in the building, but even still, sometimes we can sort of get the feeling that we feel like the church is all about us, everything about what we want. And, and um, we have to remember that church is not about us. It's, it's about God. And um, it, it doesn't exist just for us. But in actual fact, what the church does exist for is to reach the world. And I think right now during the, the pandemic and everything that's going on, more than ever, we have proven how important this is and how much churches are reaching out and we're seeing lives change because now we're out of the buildings and we're getting out and re reaching people out there all across the world and the globe in their homes. And so uh, this is when we know that this is really what it's about. It's not just to satisfy uh, a human being and that we're having a little service to make you happy but it's really getting the gospel out there and letting people know how much Jesus loves them and cares for them. And it's not just about what I want uh, all of the time. So let's unpack a few scriptures and then I'm going to wrap up uh, this evening in talking about how can we cultivate humility in our lives. So let's go and find a few scriptures that we want to unpack and talk about today. So here we go in the uh, scripture of Galatians chapter five, and um, I'm reading in the Amplified Study Bible uh, today, and I want to read this scripture in verse 14. Now, you'll forgive me for looking down as I'm going to read it out of my actual Bible. For the whole law 
concerning human relationships is fulfilled in one precept. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now in the Amplified, the reason I love it is because it says that is, you shall have an unselfish concern for others and do things for their benefit. Now, how amazing is that? That's Galatians 5, verse 14. And, um, you know, if you go back to verse 13, it says, For you, my brothers, were called to freedom. Only do not let your freedom become an opportunity for the sinful nature, which is the worldliness and selfishness, but through love, through love, serve, serve, serve and seek the best for one another. So remember, humility, we're about serving one another, reaching out to others, putting their needs before ours. What is it that we can do for them before that we're constantly thinking? And you know, I even, um, I love the fact that when some people actually say, oh, the reason that um, I'm reaching out and I'm praying for others today is because I do know that when I do that, I tend to forget about my own needs, don't I? And I forget about the fact that um, of what I'm going through and I'm more concerned about what others uh, are going through. And then, uh, you know, there's, a, there's another scripture in Colossians Again, just a bit over. And, and now in the Bible, we have Galatians, we have Ephesians, and then we have Philippians, and then we have Colossians. Now to help you, I think I've said this before, but to help you a little bit, and when I used to go to Bible school, they would say, oh, that would mean God's electric power company, so that you can keep those in order. So God's electric power company, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, because sometimes it's difficult to remember in what order. That's just a free little tip uh, to help you out there. So in Colossians, which is the company, the last part of the last letter of that acronym, whatever you do, verse 23, whatever your task may be, work from the soul. That is, put in your very best effort as something done for the Lord and not for men, as you know with all certainty that it is from the Lord, not from men, that you will receive an inheritance, which is your greatest reward. It is the Lord Christ in whom you actually serve. So what is that telling us? First of all, it tells us that when you do it, don't be thinking about it as the fact that you're doing it for someone else. Think about it as the fact that you're doing it as unto God. So this is sometimes when we feel like, oh, they weren't very appreciative, or they didn't really, um, they didn't think much about me going, or maybe they, um, I don't know, for whatever thing that might come up. What you have to remind yourself is, I am not doing it for that reason. I am doing it as to serve unto the Lord. So uh, whatever you do, Gosh, you cannot deviate from that, can you? Whatever you do, whatever the task is, uh, work from the soul. That is, do it with your best effort. Do not go less than what it should be. 
excellence, excellence always as something done for the Lord and not for men. And don't think of it as just doing it for that purpose. Think of it as, Lord, I'm doing this as unto you. Um, and then you know that your inheritance anyway is going to come from the Lord. So don't look to receive something back from that person. Don't look for your earthly treasure or response to come back. You, sometimes you still will get it. You'll get a thank you. You might get a, a little gift back. Who knows what you might get back, but that's not why you're doing it because ultimately your inheritance uh, should come from uh, the Lord Almighty. And then just going over a bit uh, further right there in First uh, Peter in chapter five, verse five. And again, I'm still in the same Bible that says, likewise, ye younger men of lesser rank um, and experience be subject to your elders and seek their counsel. All of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another. In other words, in my Bible, it says, tie on that servant's apron for God is opposed to the proud, the disdainful, the presumptuous, and he defeats them, but he gives grace to the humble. We should always be willing and ready to learn from others and uh, what um, we can learn from them and how we can grow from that. Now, these are some powerful scriptures, but I want to end up before I give you what I said we were going to talk about today about how we can cultivate uh, humility. And that is, uh, go back with me now to the first book of the New Testament, which is in Matthew. And um, when we read in Matthew today, I want you to really think about what I'm going to read to you, because this, this will be something deep that I'm going to encourage you to go and um, to study it a bit more for yourself. Now, I'm, I'm predominantly going to focus on Matthew chapter 20 and uh, verse 28, but I'm just going to back up a little bit more, and uh, I'm going to read from verse 25. So Matthew 20, 25, and I'm going to read to 28. But Jesus called them himself and he said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles have absolute power and lord it over them. And their great men exercise authority over them. In other words, tyrannizing them, uh, humiliating them, letting them know all the time, we're in power, we, we, we're the king, uh, we're this, or we're the ruler, we're the one that gets to tell you what to do. And just con constantly, you know, reminding people of, of who they were. But then when you think about this, when you read on to the next scripture, it is not this way among you, but whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. Verse 27, and whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your willing and humble slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for paying the price to set us free from the penalty of sin. So remember, you know, what this scripture is actually saying is this is this is what their kingdom was. Their kingdom was all about, um, in, if you go back to verse uh, 25, and sorry, I'll, I'm always getting excited because, you know, me and the word, we're always getting excited. I love sharing about this and teaching. But you see, when they were showing their power and their authority as rulers in verse 25, 
of the Gentiles and exercising and tyrannizing with them, with them and, and probably almost like to the point of blackmail, that was their kingdom. We are in the kingdom of God and we are culture kingdom, the where, where we should be living in our kingdom and our culture of, of what God would expect us as Christians to live here on earth representing him is we represent a new kingdom and it's kingdom-minded people who say among us verse 26 it's not this way because whoever wishes to become great in God's kingdom shall be your servant and whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your willing and humble slave just as the son of man remember the son of man came uh not to be served, but to serve. He gave his life. Jesus gave his life on the cross for us. I mean, you can't go any deeper than that with serving and giving of your life and showing to others about the fact that it's not about you, but it's about, uh, you know, doing what God wants you and about kingdom. So, um, I hope these scriptures have, have meant something to you and just as they've meant uh, a lot to me because uh, I think it's so important when you really talk and think about the kingdom of God and when you enter into the kingdom and you become saved because you've given your heart and life to Jesus, you now are not of the kingdom of this world, but you are of the kingdom of heaven. So your kingdom talk, your kingdom act, everything that you do will now be more like Jesus, or it should be more like Jesus, because now you act differently. So uh, let, let's just spend a few minutes talking about a list that I want to share with you, and it'll come up on the screen. How can we then cultivate humility. Well, first of all, I want you to know, remember, being humble helps to build trust and facilitates learning, which are key aspects of leadership and personal development. Now, the revolutionary Nelson Mandela said, the first thing is you need to learn to be honest with yourself because you cannot have an impact on society and those around you if you don't change yourself. So that means every time you hear a message, every time you hear things like this, just like what I'm talking about right now, before you start pointing the finger or looking at others and thinking, oh, I know who needs this message, or I know who should have been here today, no, what you should be saying is, you know what, Wynell, I hope you're listening to this, self, I hope you're listening to this because you need to hear this. And that's where we need to be remembering. Be honest with yourself and recognize that we haven't all arrived, but we're trying our best uh, to be more like Jesus. So what's one of the first things we can do to cultivate humility? Number one, spend time listening to others. Not so much about you doing all the talking all the time. I've even said this to lots of people, when, when you pray, don't just rattle off all the stuff that you want to tell God and all the asking, stop and listen. 
So not only stop and listen, uh, people say, oh, God never speaks to me. Have you stopped and listened to see if the Lord is speaking to you? Because I'm sure he has plenty to say. But when you're out with others, don't let it be all about you. Spend time. Give a listening ear to others. Number two, practice mindfulness. Oh my gosh, I could, I could really spend a whole message on this. Because what this actually means is focus on being present. In this day and age of technology and phones and devices and everything around us, if ever we needed to recognize the time to be present. And what that means is don't be one of those who when you go out with your husband, your wife, your partner, your family, your children, your friends, or people that you're ministering to, people that you're talking to, whoever it is, remember everyone is valuable. Everyone has equal value. So when you're talking to them, make sure you're listening, make sure you are there and not somewhere else on your device or worried about someone else trying to contact you. Because focusing on the on being present. So you practice mindfulness. You actually practice that when you're sat with somebody, whether it be like this, whether it be uh, on a, in a coffee or, or right now with social distancing, whether you be out uh, trying to see people or the family around you, put that device away and be present. I can't say that uh, enough. Learn to be present. You know as well as I do, when you walk into a business, there's nothing that people dislike anymore that when you want help and they're quickly to say, oh, excuse me just a minute, and they pick up and answer the telephone with you standing there and then start helping that customer and then just leave you there. That means that they've just told you that the customer on the phone is more important than the customer standing right in front of them. So if they have a, you know, they may have a, 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 a rule that says the phone has to be answered, but there's a way to say, sir, I'm really sorry, but I'm dealing with a customer right now. I'll see to it about getting someone to help you. But we need to do the same. We need to be present. When people are trying to reach us, we need to learn. It can wait because we need to be present for those that we are talking to at that moment. And let's don't, uh, let's don't demean anyone because whether that be your children, your little three-year-old, four-year-old, or your, your teenager, or your wife, or your husband, whoever it is, they deserve to have your attention. Number three, be grateful for what you have. Stop always desiring and thinking about all the things that you don't have and learn to say, Lord, I'm grateful. I thank you for what I do have. I thank you for my home. I thank you that there's food on the table. Uh, more than ever now, Paul and I, we used to never, ever not do this when we were growing up, and we kind of got away from it. And now the whole time during lockdown, we've made it a point to practice to constantly, before we put food in our mouth, breakfast, lunch, or dinner, thank God for it. Stop and pray. Don't just mutter out, uh, you know, uh, just a, a there, there prayer. Stop and truly thank the Lord that you have food to put in your mouth uh, to eat. Number four, ask for help when you need it. You know, <laughs> my friend and I used to have a saying uh, back when I was at university, uh, when they would say, didn't you know that I was trying to do this? Or didn't you know I, I, I was trying to reach you? I'm like, hmm, hold on a minute. Yeah, and so what we would say 
is my psychic hotline has just quit working. Now, I don't believe uh, in going to psychics, so don't get off on a tangent with that. But what I'm saying is some people, sometimes people do expect us to read their minds. Husbands and wives, I think, experience this more than anything, especially husbands tend to feel like that the wife should give more hints rather than just saying, well, you should know how I feel. Uh, so we learn to communicate, but learn to ask for help. Learn to not be so proud that when you actually need uh, something that you don't contact those around you and ask for the help. Uh, because you can also show pride by not asking for the help and just suffering in silence. Remember, we don't know at home that you might be suffering or you need something. You need to speak up. You need to let people know that you need help. Number five, seek feedback from others on a regular basis. This is something as a church that we practice uh, over and over again, the importance of feedback, the importance of constructive feedback. And what that means is it's not just someone being critical or nitpicking about every little thing, but it's about them setting you down. Hey, these are the things I loved. These are the things that you know, you could work on. Let's learn to accept that feedback and grow from it. But when we do give feedback, let's always make sure we start with a positive before we give the negative. And also let's always ask ourselves, are we nitpicking? Are they, are they little basic things that everyone knew uh, was happening and, and that maybe sometimes it's just things that can't be helped? But let's learn to give good, constructive, valuable feedback. And finally, number six, review your actions against the language of pride. Always ask yourself and check yourself. Am I, am I doing this uh, because I'm being proud or, or am I actually showing humili humility in what I'm doing? Let's learn to walk in humility. Let's learn to walk in service uh, to one another. Let's learn to love one another and show uh, that to all. And um, I'm just going to go in my Bible, if you will, till about, and I'm going to close with this in Psalms 69, and I'm going to read verse 32, um, which says, The humble have seen it and are glad. Ye who seek God, requiring Him as your greatest need, let your heart revive and live. Let your heart revive and live. I want to pray for you today. Father, I thank you for everyone that has been listening to this message, whether it be right now live or whether they listen to it later as a recorded message. Lord, I pray that it has spoken into their heart. I thank you, Lord God, for using me because you can use anyone. Lord, I thank you that you've chosen me at this hour and this time to share your word. And help me, Lord, to learn daily, on a daily basis, the importance of humility and being humble and using wisdom and knowing how to do that, Lord God. And I pray for all of those listening, Lord, that you will help us all to learn to serve one another with love and to recognize that all are important. All of us deserve to be loved, that you love everyone. Lord, you can't love us any more than you do. And Father, I thank you because you are a great big God. 
And Lord, I ask that anyone here that doesn't know the Lord Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, may they reach out to him and call upon him. And all you have to do is just say, Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and forgive me of my sins and help me to change first. Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for today. And what an amazing day we have had today, Lord God. And I bless each and every one. May you bless their going in and bless their going out. And bless their families. Keep your hands upon them, Father. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I pray that you have a fantastic rest of your day or evening.